Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. My name is Brett Hartley. I'm from Australia, and this is my eighth year in China. My China story really began in high school, where we all had to study a language, and I thought Japanese and Latin weren't for me. And I was lucky our school offered Chinese, so I decided to take it just to give it a go. And I was really bad at it, actually. I wasn't very good at it at all. But I, I guess I was lucky that when I was about to graduate high school,、um, Australia elected a prime minister who could speak Chinese, a guy called Kevin Rudd, and he made it much more possible for young people like myself to come and. Study in China and improve language skills. So I happened to be in the right place at the right time when I finished high school, and then I had a chance to live in Hangzhou for one year, 2007. It was fantastic. Very different China, of course, in 2007. But I managed to improve my Chinese a lot, and then it became kind of a key thread throughout my life. I went back to Australia, finished my bachelor degree. Chinese was a part of that, and then when I finished university in 2011. I had a lot of good opportunities on the table in Australia: government jobs, private jobs, etc. What I chose to do was write three letters to the three Australian government posts in China: one in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. I actually got a reply from Guangzhou, and one thing led to another. And my first job out of university was working for the Australian government in Guangzhou <laughs>、um, in an immigration role, and that's how I've ended up spending so much time in China. I mean, I had the The role in Guangzhou, and then I moved on to another China-related role,、um, and then eventually I was recruited by my current company、uh, called KE Baker in Chinese, which means Shell, which is China's largest、uh, real estate and home services e-commerce platform. I've been with the company for five years now. I mean, I, I love China because every day is so different, and I think that's an experience that a lot of expats over here would share. Everything just changes so quickly; it's dynamic, so dynamic. When I first came here in 2007, no electronic payments. You had to deal with these thousands of little coins, which were probably the size of M&Ms. And if you wanted to buy a train ticket, for example, you'd have to line up at the railway station for several hours and then get a sleeper train, which would take a few days.、And、that was only 13 years ago, right? I mean, today everything's paperless, and if I want to get a train from A to B, there's an entire high-speed rail network at my disposal. So the pace of change here is just remarkable. And I'm still enjoying it, and I'm just really looking forward to what we're going to see in China over the next ten years. All right, hi Brett, thank you so much for coming on the China Flexpad podcast. It's really great having you, because I was quite surprised that you are working for it looks like the third largest e-commerce platform in the world, and I didn't even know it. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. So coming to the first question, when we are talking about the e-commerce sector, that's a very large industry. What kind of different companies are there, and what are you specialized in? Well, Chinese e-commerce is huge. Of the ten largest e-commerce platforms in the world, six of them are Chinese, and pretty much every consumer-facing sector in China is populated with at least one or two very large internet companies or e-commerce companies. The one I work in is real estate and home services. In other words, helping people buy and sell property and make the quality of their life. Better through improved living, which is a huge sector in its own right. If we look at the Chinese e-commerce space by size, the largest is actually 
consumer consumer goods, which is kind of the space Alibaba is in and Jingdong is in. The next biggest space is the space I'm in, real estate and home services, and that's followed by travel, food and dining, and then you've got mobility and ride sharing, and then of course I think education and online study is a very quickly emerging space as well. So it's a very dynamic sector, very, very big companies, very, very successful corporations um, and a very exciting place to be in. Now, China is a very large country and people who look for work in China, they might be confused first because they don't know where to go to look for a great job in e-commerce. Should they go to Shanghai? Should they go to Shenzhen? Should they go to Beijing? Uh, what's your take on this? Where are the best companies or opportunities located in China? It's a question about considering how you want to live and what you want to do. I think they're both very important to consider before you move here. If, for example, it's your first time to come to China, you've never been here before, you're not familiar with the culture or the way of life, or maybe you don't even know much about Chinese food. In that case, I think that Shanghai is a great launching pad. It's by far and away China's most international city. You can maintain a very Western style of living if that's your preference while also living in China. And also it's a huge economy as well. So there are lots of fantastic opportunities in Shanghai, um, particularly with an international focus. If you're willing to extend yourself a bit further than obviously the capital Beijing, it's less international, but it's still an amazing and dynamic city with a fantastic history and a very unique character. Um, so most people will think about Shanghai and Beijing in the first instance. Shenzhen in South China, next to Hong Kong, very dynamic and rapidly emerging global city, also a huge economy, more Chinese than Beijing or Shanghai, but also lots of opportunities, particularly in cross-border trade in Shenzhen. And then if you really want to you know, dive right in, there are literally thousands of cities in China, um, more than you could, you could even imagine. Um, and there are hundreds of cities with very large populations, all of which have opportunities for expats. But back to my first point, if you want to come to China, you need to consider what kind of lifestyle do you want, number one, and then number two, think about where opportunities might be. But, but for most people, that will either be Shanghai or Beijing. Let's assume somebody decided a lifestyle or choose a lifestyle and a city. And now it comes to choosing a company. What kind of companies are looking for foreigners on their team in China and why? I think most companies in China are looking for, well, they're not looking for foreigners, but what they're looking for are people that can facilitate their expansion into overseas markets. Ambitious Chinese companies, and there are a lot of them, all eventually want to move beyond the borders of China and establish themselves in America or Southeast Asia or other parts of the world. So what they're really looking for is people with cultural intelligence and local expertise. Um, I think that's particularly true in China's growing service sector. So these companies are looking for people who understand markets outside of China, who are willing to act as a bridge between them and other markets. Obviously, there are the kind of usual suspects, the really big companies who already have employed a lot of foreigners, and that might include Ali or Jingdong, C-Trip. There are companies that already have a foreign workforce. And then the second tier companies, they're also looking for foreigners as well. It's simply making sure you present yourself in a way that you demonstrate your unique value in helping these companies better engage the outside world. 
although there are a large number of Chinese students coming back from overseas, for example, in 2017, there were 700,000 Chinese students who came back to China from abroad. And these people too are competing for those kind of roles. So it's really up to you as an expat to understand what your unique selling points are and to demonstrate to the company that you're the person to help drive their international growth. So in terms of where I'd start, uh, LinkedIn is obviously a great tool because it crosses borders and languages. There's a lot of great resources and professionals on LinkedIn. Another great resource in China are local chambers of commerce. For example, the Australian Chamber of Commerce has a chapter in Shanghai, in Beijing and Guangzhou as well. And they'll usually connect with Australian-focused employers and they might even advertise some roles. For example, an Australian company looking to export into China, they might advertise for a position through the Chamber of Commerce. So a good first starting point could be the Chamber of Commerce for your country or for other countries. And then the next one might be LinkedIn. You could go on LinkedIn and look at look in for companies or for HR managers in the industry that you're looking to target. All right, let's get a little bit specific here when it comes about skill sets that Chinese companies in e-commerce require foreigners to have if they want to work yep. in their, in, on their teams. What kind of skill sets are highly sought after these days in your industry specifically and in the future? The most important skill for most expats who want to join these companies at this stage is salesmanship and a high level, level of cultural intelligence. I think they're the two most important skills that you can have. Like I touched on before, um, the main role of expats in these large e-commerce companies now is to better connect these companies to overseas markets. So it's really about how can you, through your CV or through your interview technique or through your pitch to these companies, explain why you're the best person to help this company connect to Germany or connect to Canada or connect to New Zealand? What can you do that other people can't? And for bonus marks, if you can explain why this strategy is important, well, then you're going to be even more attractive. So you might want to do some research as to why this Chinese company would want to expand to that target market. And that often requires big thinking. But the great news is that a lot of these Chinese companies are growing so quickly and they have a lot of resources available. So they're very open-minded about what they will do and what they'll try. And they're not afraid to try and fail. So just to recap, if you can, number one, explain why you're a unique specialist in connecting this Chinese company to an overseas market, great. If you can explain the strategy and the execution for how that might be done, even better. It's going to be a very compelling case for these companies. There's not enough foreigners in these companies at the moment, so there are certainly a lot of great positions available. Okay, let's assume somebody convinced a Chinese e-commerce company to, to hire this person. And mm -hmm. after that, what is it like working in e-commerce in China? Can you tell us about the good things, the bad things, maybe about salary levels, benefits, the overall experience, the working conditions? Okay, well, why don't I start with the good things? The great thing is that a lot of stuff hasn't been done yet in China. In other words, there's a lot of blue sky thinking about the possibilities of the future. And that creates unique opportunities for foreigners to help define that is strategy for expansion overseas, which I think is still, like I mentioned before, the key kind of function for foreigners in these companies. So if you can think big enough and you're smart enough to explain it and pull it off, there are limitless opportunities for what you may be able to achieve in 
inside these companies. And that might result in you having a very successful long-term career within a company like Alibaba or Ding Dong or Citrip. Alternatively, it might be a great launch pad for you to start your own business or get involved with entrepreneurship, startup culture. So it's really about thinking big. And that's a very exciting part of Chinese companies. I mean, all, all the key parts of the Chinese economy are still growing very quickly. For example, my industry, real estate, home services, it's a $3 trillion US market and it's still growing at 6%. So the, the pie is ever bigger, growing bigger. Um, so there are a lot of resources to try new things. Um, in terms of the working environment, it's really, it really depends what you make of it. Obviously, the better you can integrate with local teams, share your knowledge experience, be willing to listen, be willing to learn, then I think you'll take a lot out of it. And that will make you even more valuable to the company if you can really become kind of an integrated part of the business and a bridge to connecting that company with the outside world. In terms of kind of working conditions, I think every role is different. You know, for a kind of mid-level management role, professional role in a lot of these companies, you're probably looking at, want to be on at least 20,000 RMB a month. Um, but that can scale up to 30, 40, depending on how seen you are within the business. And that aside, I mean, it's really not that different from working for a company overseas. I mean, you have meetings, you have strategy sessions, you plan, you talk, you communicate. One of the things that maybe the Chinese companies aren't so great at the moment is training and development or kind of what we call kind of people management because these companies have grown so fast. The, that, that aspect of Corporate culture hasn't really caught up yet. So you really have to be prepared to mentor yourself. There probably won't be a lot of people within the company who are willing to act as your kind of direct mentor. Maybe there aren't people with that experience to do it. And of course, there'll be people in the company who view you as an expat, someone from another country, and might think that you might be resistant to kind of being a, a just working for Chinese people. So that's always something you have to take into account as well. But generally speaking, I think the good points outweigh the bad points by a lot. Um, they're very dynamic, very exciting places to work. Those are some really interesting insights. And uh, thank you for also mentioning some salary levels. Uh, that's something yeah. that uh, many people uh, don't mention, but I think it's an uh, important factor for people who want to go to China. It's just uh, important that they can be assured that they can cover their living expenses. So coming to the final question, What's your personal advice to foreigners who look for opportunities in China, especially in the e-commerce sector? Something that we haven't covered in the previous questions, maybe. I just think a lot of people who come to China and want to work for a Chinese company are driven people. You have to give up a lot. I mean, there's no escaping that. You, if you're moving here from another country, you're going to have to give up a lot. You might have to give up being close to your family, for example. I mean, a lot of Chinese cities perhaps have high levels of pollution and lower qualities of life at the moment. That's something you're going to have to give up in order to come here. So most people who come here and want to be part of this, this kind of thing that's unfolding over here are driven. And I just think it's very important to clearly lay out what your goals are or where you want to be. So typically, when I speak to younger people who are starting out their career in China, I recommend they set themselves a one-year goal. Now, there are lots of different ways to set goals. Um, it can be a financial goal. You know, I want to make this much money this year can be a kind of a promotional goal. I want to get to this level within the company within a year. It can be a personal goal. You know, I want to improve my Chinese to this level. So when I speak to younger people, it's about setting a 12-month goal and then also having a three-year goal as well. 
it's time when when things are moving so quickly as they do over here that means time also tends to well it feels like it moves very quickly it's a bit like the life of a dog right i mean well <laughs> one year in china can often feel like several years for example in australia so keeping that in mind it's very important to set yourself goals and stick to those goals and make sure those goals are measurable and then when you make the goal or you don't make them you need to reflect on why you met it or why you didn't and that's a great way of also measuring your value to a business as well so i think i've been here for a while now uh, if i could talk to the younger version of myself i would really emphasize the importance of setting goals that's one part and the second part is just be conscious that you are different there aren't a lot of foreigners in china total there's probably about a million foreigners in china in total you are different you are unique make sure you use your uniqueness to build a valuable network of connections go to events network get yourself out there develop a pitch about who you are that can summarize yourself what you want to do be bold in how you speak about yourself don't be don't be on the back foot and make sure you keep that network together over a period of long time and you grow that network because that is a very very valuable resource again because the the country is growing so quickly um the person you met today who might be your peer you know in 5 years time could be a billionaire could be a very successful entrepreneur or it could be a person that moves to a position where they're able to help you and you're able to help them so maintaining a local network of contacts both contacts both professional and personal i think is critically important to being in china and it's been a critical part of why i've been quite successful over here as well well brett thank you so much i really agree with the last thing you said be bold don't be on the back foot that is what really takes you forward in your life so thank you really for this personal uh, opinion here if people want to reach out to you and uh, maybe they have some questions for you are you available for them on linkedin absolutely great so thank you once again and bye bye brett thanks patrick zaijian xiaxian this was the china flexpad podcast I am Patrick and I am Francis. We share the best advice of professionals in China to help you find a successful career path in China. Our guests tell you real life problems and possible solutions for your professional and personal life in China. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll come back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss the next episode and enjoy more China and career related content, connect with us on linkedin bye bye and zaijian <laughs>